This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today is a great show that comes from January the 20th back in 2015. I gotta ask you, did you ever want to write a barbecue book? Did you ever want to put out a barbecue sauce or rub? Oh, this is the show for you. The good doctor, Ray Lampy, is in the first segment, talking all about book writing. Second segment, the owner-creator of Sucklebusters, Dan Arnold, is in. So let's jump right into it. Here's Greg and Ray from January the 20th. 2015. All right, let's cue this up right now. If you've got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. That's right. You know that it is time for Ask Dr. Barbecue. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Ray, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, and no one appreciates uh, the magnitude of patience that it has taken to get on the show for you this month, Ray. More than me. I mean, holy crap! Uh, the last week we had uh, the city of Akron blowing out eight or nine counties worth of uh, internet connections and televisions and phone lines, and I'm telling you, absolutely crazy. So I appreciate you uh, making the time, as always, and uh, coming on the show here so we can do our monthly Ask Dr. Barbecue show. So uh, it's been uh, a couple weeks as I uh, try and get your side. There we go. Uh, It's been a couple weeks since we've uh, talked and uh, wonder, I guess, A, how the holidays were and, uh, you know, any special gifts that uh, Santa Claus might have uh, brought Dr. Barbecue. Uh, no, I had a pretty, pretty nice laid back time of year. This is, you know, it's quiet for me this time of year from about the middle of December till probably March. It's pretty close, pretty tight around here. So, uh, no, it's been nice and quiet. I've, I've calmed down and I just kind of sit around the house these days. Is this the time of year when you would be more inclined to be getting into a next book type of a situation versus being out on the road? Or, or does it matter if you're out on the road, you're just as efficient writing as if you are kind of stashed off in uh, Florida? No, nah, you're right on the money. This is exactly the time of year because this is when you can really get serious about it. I can work on them when I'm on the road and in between and stuff, but I can knock out, you know, in a week, I can knock out 30 recipes if I'm at home and, and it's hard to do that. It's piecemeal. You know, you get the kitchen full of ingredients and you get everything ready and, and you tell the neighbors don't bother cooking and, and you can really knock out a lot of the recipe cooking. That's the hard part. And the big the big dialogues, you know, the beginning of the chapters, the beginning of the book, that stuff, you, you can't write that an hour here and an hour there. You got to sit down and, and lock the door and, and just work at it. So you, you have a new book that's coming out next April called Flavorize, which is a great, uh, by the way, great title, finally. Thank great you. title, Flavorize. Love that. There's, uh, there's a copy of it. Look the at first that. copy. Very nice. Love the cover on that. Very saucy and rubby. Yeah, it's a really good-looking book. I'm really, really happy with the way they did it. Um, 
you know, they, they try to make, no matter what I write, they try to make it uh, look like it's cooked outside and, and that's fine. But if you've read any of my recent books, they're not all outside recipes. I actually write recipes for in the house and stuff. And I kind of complained after, after the last book that this was a pork chop wrap that had nothing to do with being outside. And it was presented on a picnic table on a pewter plate with some leaves around it and shit. And it was like, you know, that, that had nothing to do with it. It, it was like kind of meant to be a PF Chang ripoff recipe. And the guy was eating it in some leaves and it didn't make any sense to me. Uh, Ray, when you're doing books, are you at a point now where there is a basic formula to follow or is each one its own kind of uh, baby developing uh, all this stuff? Yeah, I mean, it, definitely a formula. Uh, you know, to go back to what I was just saying, though, I don't get involved with the design, the photographs. They ask me what recipes I'd like to see photographs. Uh, I get some approval to it you know at the end of the day they get the last word they're the publisher but you know what they know what they're doing i'm not a food photographer i'm not a designer um I, and i also want them to love the book if i fight with them about the cover and win then they don't love the book and they don't maybe put as much effort into it on their end as they should so you know you learn it's funny the further i've gotten into it the less i get involved with that kind of stuff but as far as the writing of the book, yeah, it's it's definitely, for me, it's a big jigsaw puzzle, the beginning. And if I get it off to a good start, I'm going to be fine. You got to, you need the number of recipes. Okay, how many is there going to be? And then how many chapters am I going to break it up into? And then I'll try to get a balance of beef and pork and, and poultry and some fish and some lamb in there. And, and try to get it all to balance so that there's not six beef recipes and one pork chop recipe just because I didn't think about that in the beginning. Um, because you don't want to redo recipes. When you get going, you want to do it and get it done. So it's for me, it's all about that big puzzle of an outline. And and then and how about how many words each thing is going to be. And then I just start filling in the pieces. So, yeah, I do it the same way every time. So are, are you still at a, at a point where you're bringing ideas to the publishers or are they asking you, uh, here's a concept of a book that we would like to have you go more in depth on. It's kind of 50, 50. How does that work? It goes both ways. Uh, they, if I have an idea, I will bring it to them. If they have an idea, they, that they think I'm perfect for, they'll bring it to me. Uh, pork chop was my idea. Flavorize is their idea. And the one that I'm getting started on now, if we can get the deal done is my idea. So it, it goes back and forth. You know, they, they know what they, they're not going to, hire me to write a cupcake book and I'm not going to bother to pitch it. So we're all kind of on the same page. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, you know, you had a guy like uh, Stephen Reichlin who had a, a huge success with uh, a lot of his books. You fast forward to, to where we are today. And I wonder if, is it, uh, is it a big money maker as it was 10 or 15 years ago, or is the book part now uh, a way to keep, you know, you or whoever's writing the book, kind of the name out there and the brand out there in, you know, just a different type of media? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. Uh, you know, Stephen had, he made a lot of money on those books. You know, he was the only guy in the game who the timing was great. When yeah. I, when I first got signed to do my first book, they intended for me to write three and they were looking to somehow match what Stephen was doing. Nobody's matched what Stephen did. He kicked ass and and uh, but I doubt that he sells the same amount of books anymore. He does. He did either. The people that are selling books now are the highest of high profile. Um, Rachel Ray sells books. Ina Garten sells books just because she is the 
the queen of that genre. Um, uh, the pioneer woman sells tons of books. Like she's like four of the top 10 cookbooks this year. Do you, crazy right. Number. Do you get her? I don't get her. My mom loves the uh, pioneer woman. I think she's the biggest load of crap on the earth. I don't get her. Do you get it? I don't get it. No, it's not my thing at all. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't get it at all. I, I, it, I watch it for, you know, five minutes and I'm just bored out of my mind. I just, but you know, whatever the different strokes for different folks, you know, I'm sure her fan base doesn't get me. So, um, you know, but, but yeah, the, those, those, there's a handful of people that sell all the books and the paleo diet books dominate and stuff like that. The rest of us are, are, it's, it's part of a salary. You know, I've been around a long time and I have a pretty good, uh, uh fan base and I, I write pretty good books. So I get, I'm probably in that middle tier somewhere. There's a lot of guys coming in and frankly, they're, they're lining up to write books for no money or not enough money to cover the expenses of writing it. But, but you always get paid on the back end if it sells, but you don't want to take that chance if you can help it. Is because there's so much new digital stuff anymore. Uh, do you have to negotiate like digital rights uh, or is this all one big negotiation as it would be uh, for paper copies? Now it's all one big negotiation. Uh, uh, depending on the book and the and the author, uh, worldwide and Europe and stuff could be different slots. Uh, but but digital now is just lumped right in. You get different money for it. It's broken down, but it's pretty normal. Uh, I I mean I wrote books before we had this digital thing, and we had to go back and redo it. Uh, you know, fill in the contracts with that stuff, and then there were others where it was we didn't really know what to do. I've seen the whole evolution of it, but but. Uh, what hasn't happened is that has not killed the book market, which is interesting. Uh, we, we thought in 2008, I, I'm put me and a whole bunch of other people on the list that thought the cookbook business is over. You know, we might as well, well find something else to do. And it didn't go that way. People still want to buy cookbooks, you know, for whatever reason. They like having them and they may get their recipes online, but they still like buying those books and having them. It's really kind of interesting. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at John, J-O-N, at the BBQCentralShow.com. Hey, before we kick off the second segment, I got a question for you. Are you following the Barbecue Central Show on social media? It is easy to do and much appreciated. Whatever your favorite platform is, you can go to BBQ Central Show on Instagram or at BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitter. Again, very much appreciated. Give the big show a follow. That said, let's jump right into the second segment today. Uh, all right, so uh, Dan Arnold joining me here on the show. Uh, Sucklebusters.com is the website if you want to go check it out here while we're talking here uh, over the next segment. And I guess, Dan, um, for the people that don't know you or uh, might not be familiar with the products, which are, are fewer and fewer each day, uh, maybe a little history about yourself and I guess kind of where you decided it would be a, a great idea to get into the barbecue rub and products business. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we started the company about six years ago. And uh, actually, you know, we got a lot of help from you starting out. So Thanks again for that. Yep. Back in the good old days of the forum. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, we just started out with a single product. We had this great idea. We were going to go into business for ourselves and have a little fun at it. And so we brought a product to market, put it out there, got people using it, and we've just grown from there. Since then, we've brought out 
more rubs, barbecue sauces, chilies, seasonings, pepper sauces, you name it. Salsa, we have uh, a lot of different lines of products now. Dan, when you were originally getting into it, and you know, typically the guy that I'm interviewing uh, has been championed by friends and family who really don't want to put any type of financial stake into the potential success, but don't have any problem saying, yeah, go get them, killer, you're going to be great. Uh, I mean, is it is it a nerve-wracking time when you decide to really kind of take it out of the kitchen and, and bring it to market? Yeah, it is a little bit, you know, and but, you know, there's a sense of pride because it's your products, right? And you get to see your name on the shelf. And uh, frankly, we got a lot of help from friends and uh, it, it boosted us along at a time when we needed it and it got us started. And, uh, you know, we were just able to grow from there. When you start with the, the flagship product and then you decide you're going to start bringing other products into the offerings portfolio, uh, is it something that you test market for a certain period of time and realize that, okay, this is one that we can now transition over into a full-time sell, or do you just throw them up into the market and whatever sticks, sticks, and if it doesn't, you take it down and retool potentially? Yeah, well, so back in the day when we started the company, you know, we started out with one rub, and so I went and sold that bottle of rub to all my friends and all the people would buy it, and then I thought, oh, well, now what am I going to do? So... <laughs> <laughs> I need some something else to sell. So out of necessity, we started creating more products. What we do, though, is we we start with a concept, right? We look at the marketplace. We see where demand is moving. We try to match up some of the things we're going to do with the product line. And then we go to the market with that concept. We create the recipe. We actually have the benefit of a lot of competition cooks that use our products. So we take it to those guys and we say, hey, Try it out. Tell us what you think. Here's three. Tell us which one's the very best. Dan Arnold joining me here on the show, uh, founder of Sucklebusters. Again, the website, sucklebusters.com. Um, when you have, well, you know, six years ago, there was a lot of rub on the market. But, you oh. know, fast forward to where you're at now. I mean, everybody's got rub and sauce. I mean, it's crazy proliferation like I've never seen before over six years. Uh, can you imagine or, or would you have the wherewithal to want to start today doing what you're doing or did you did you hit a right time six years ago? I, I think we were fortunate. You know, we uh, unfortunately, we started in the middle of a depression. So that was tough. But <laughs> that being said, we started at a good time in the marketplace. There were there were a lot of good products coming to market. But today it's completely flooded. My advice to someone today is, hey, if you want to make a rub and put your name on it, do it. Have fun with it. Share it with your friends. If you can sell a little bit of it and break even, that's nice. But if you want to make a real business out of it, it's going to be a really tough entry point for you. So is it a point where you, you have to realize that if you can't subsist on friend sales and some maybe small percentage internet sales and you have to make that next step and perhaps even go out and make the cold calls and get into brick and mortar? Or let me ask a potentially better question. Does the key to success rely on getting into the big name grocery stores and box stores and, and places that are going to you know order a lot from you so they can put out a lot for people? Yeah, so we do a little bit of everything, Greg. So we do quite a bit of business through our internet sales, which is a lot of repeat business, very loyal customers. Um, that's probably about 30% of our business. The other 60 odd percent of our business is through wholesale direct. 
And where you're going to get your big bang for your buck is your chain stores, your chain retails, and, you know, the big barbecue shops. There's usually like a really, really good barbecue shop in every major city. Those guys are the guys that are moving product, and you have to establish relationships with those folks. And are you actually going out and calling on them in person, or is it a phone grab and trying to build uh, some rapport over the phone, or how does that go? Um, I do as much as I can in person, but what, what happens to you is you just run out of bandwidth, right? You can only do so many things in a day, and eventually I just run out of time. So we do as much as we can in person. Um, one of the things that I like to do is try to go support our stores. So if I have a, a, a particular retailer that's pushing our products or selling our products, I like to try to go do events with those guys once a year or so. Um, and then as far as picking up new customers, a lot of that is done over the Internet. Um, we do it the old fashioned way. We take envelopes and stuff them full of our, uh, uh, sales brochures and we mail them out and we call people on the phone. Dan, how many products do you have for sale right now? Oh, geez. I lost count. I, you know, I probably have around, um, 50 products and then a lot of the products have multiple sizes. So we have well over a hundred SKUs for sale. Well, now, is Suckle Busters full-time job for you now? Are you fully into it? I'm about 50-50. So I'm still, I still have a real job that pays the real bills. <laughs> <laughs> and then Suckle Busters is a building uh, business that uh, has been growing every year. And so we just take every dollar we earn in Suckle Busters and we just reinvest it right back into the company. So you're six years in now. I mean, do you see six years from now uh, Dan Arnold being sole CEO, vice president of Suckle Busters, and you're generating the, the income from there and you're able to, to ditch the real job for real, real bills? Or is that not a, I mean, it's a yeah, goal. Absolutely. But I mean, that's, that's exactly where we're headed. And we're, we're doing well. Um, we're probably going to do around $300,000 in sales this year. My personal belief is that I, I've got to get it to around a million dollars in sales annually to make it a real deal. And so we're on a trajectory to hit that in about six or eight years. Is there one piece or one part of the industry that you can see getting there quicker if you're able to infiltrate it, or have you pretty much gotten into to where you need to go? Um, I think we're where we're at. We just need to duplicate it. So we just need to take our success and just replicate that. We need to bring out more products and uh, just continue to uh, broaden our line and that type of thing. Are you selling percentage-wise more like rubs and seasonings and spices uh, over sauces, yeah. or how, how is that mix? Yeah, so our barbecue rubs have really taken off, and that's probably our best seller. Uh, barbecue sauce is number two. We have a line of products called Texas Gunpowder, which is our pure ground peppers. Um, that's probably our number three. And then our number four line is uh, probably hot sauce or pepper sauces. And then we have a couple other things that are new um, that are growing. And then we have a couple other things we're probably going to, over time, get out of. The barbecue sauce has won a lot of awards. So, I mean, it's obviously yeah. pretty good, and, and a lot of different people have tasted it and liked it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was That's really what got me going. I mean, we were doing the rubs, and I had a couple of rubs out, and it was a fun thing, right? We were doing it with our friends, and then... I brought out my barbecue sauce. It's a sauce I've made for probably 20 years on the stovetop. And it took me about a year of working through the recipe to get it so it's a commercially viable recipe. And we brought the sauce out, and I was happy with the sauce. I love the sauce. It's something that I eat and I love. 
but I just never really envisioned it the way it turned out, which is um, it, it was very well liked in the marketplace. And then the first contest I put it in, it took first place. And I was just completely floored. So that sauce has won contest after contest after contest. It's been a huge surprise and a huge blessing to our company that it's done so well. You're obviously taking it out of the kitchen and you're probably going to some type of a commercial packer or sauce maker or, or sure. whatever. Yep. Um, did, did you have any struggles finding somebody or did you go through a couple that you know guys were trying to tell you you should do this or, or you should do that and, and you were unrelenting and compromised? How does that whole thing work? <laughs> we have a really good relationship with our uh, co-packer and so I've been fortunate in that area uh, to find a really good one out of the gate. But, you know, you have to get it right. And so you have to take the time up front to work through the recipe, to work through the ingredient list, to get the thing right, to get the packaging right to where you want it. And fortunately, we had a good experience there. And uh, I'm knocking on wood. I, you know, I, I don't foresee us changing. Our co-packer has been really good to us. And it, it's been a great relationship this far. And that is the best moments or some of the best moments from January 20th, 2015. Wasn't all that long ago. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to the bbqcentralshow.com. There will be a link in the show notes to take you to the full episode. While you're there, I ask it every week. Please subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or the Really Big Barbecue Show again. I don't want to make rub, but man, it'd be cool to write a book. Maybe I should learn how to spell. If I learn how to spell, I could probably write a book. Anyway, thanks so much for checking out the show. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon. <laughs>